five minutes past three o'clock. First hard fact of the day, 727 new COVID confirmations yesterday. That's almost 100 more cases than the same time last week. Yesterday's Lagos number was 157, but Lagos was number two. Number one was Rivers with 257 cases. Edo had um, 85 cases. Please take your precautions. Limit your movement outside. Wear a mask, give gap, wash and sanitize your hands as frequently as possible. Second hard fact of the day, phase two of the COVID vaccination drive is ongoing. Go to the nearest uh, primary health center uh, uh, to you and get vaccinated. If you've gotten the first shot of AstraZeneca and they ran out before you could get the second one go back to the same place where you got your first dose of astrazeneca and get the second one if you've not been vaccinated at all go and get the moderna vaccine okay all right and you can walk into any primary health care center and get it done in lagos they require that you register online first right so go to the primary health care development agency um, website and register there first register at f- find your local government find your ward then find the health centers that are in that ward find the one that is closest to you and then register there and then go and get it done hmm? Okay. All right. And then everyone's going to be safe. Third hard fact of the day, voter registration is still ongoing. Also, go to cvr.ineknigeria.org. CVR, Charlie Victor River, ORG, Orange River Golf. So cvr.ineknigeria.org. Go and get registered today and do your part. Of course, I always say that um, by the time it gets to election, it's too late. So the, the great thing would be to actually join political parties and determine who your local government chairperson will be, who your governors will be, who your presidents will be, because the prim- by the time primaries are over and candidates are available, it's too late. You have to then choose between the devil and the deep blue sea. You want to make sure that Akagidia, you know, you had a hand in choosing who the devil is and who the deep blue sea is. Hmm? Okay. All right, then. One million Lagosians cannot be wrong because they listen to this show every day. Thank you for your ears. Thank you for your time. I have a great show for you today, as always, starting with the big three global edition. Let's talk about Jacob Zuma getting released from prison on medical grounds. Then let's talk about uh, Afghan women protesting against the Taliban. And then let's talk about 9-11. Tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of the September 11 attacks by Al-Qaeda on the US. We're going to look at the legacy of that event two decades later. At 4 o'clock, Agogo will be here bringing you Public Square. After the news at 6, Ifani and Sam will bring you music and moments. You know the drill by now. News updates every hour on the hour. But right now, let's get started with the big three. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your hard facts. The big three. Global edition on hard facts. Does Africa find it hard to hold former leaders accountable? I'm almost chewing my words with that first story because I remember when we talked about it the first time and I was so pleased and you and I talked about it and we're so pleased with ourselves that, oh, we finally have an African country that is doing it right. But it kind of looks like they're not anymore. So my first question for our first story, why does Africa find it hard to hold former leaders accountable? Then my second question for the second story, can societies that oppress women thrive in the 21st century? Societies that oppress women, can they thrive in the 21st century? And what is the legacy of 9-11? This is Big 3 Global Edition. We let Nigeria rest or we try to let Nigeria rest on Friday and we take a look at what's happening in other parts of the world. And today we start with South Africa. Only two months into his 15-month sentence, Jacob Zuma is a free man again. The South African ex-president has been granted medical parole and he will finish his sentence at home. 
Now, there's controversy around how he got released. Like I said, it's a medical parole. Zuma was ill in prison and he underwent surgery. His lawyers took his matter to the Medical Parole Advisory Board to apply for early release. And the Medical Parole Advisory Board declined. The doctors on the board found that Zuma's medical situation did not require an early release. But then, the National Controller of Prisons in South Africa, Arthur Fraser, overruled the board and granted Zuma parole. Now there's a firestorm over it in South Africa. Some see this as a scandal. They're claiming corruption. Usually, the prison's controller cannot or should not overrule the medical parole board on a medical application. In fact, some South African legal experts believe that there are grounds to appeal the parole decision based on this. But for now, Zuma has been paroled. After all the drama. Remember two months ago, after he was sentenced, South Africa erupted. Zuma supporters were rioting in so many cities like KwaZulu-Natal, Huauteng. According to official counts, 276 people were killed. According to Sazria, the state insurance company, the riots caused over $1.7 billion in property damage. All to protest the imprisonment of a man who would end up being paroled after serving less than 70 days. What do you think about that? And what do you think about yet another African leader seeming to avoid the hammer? Zuma is not the first one to get what uh, ends up being just a slap on the wrist. He even managed to enter prison safe. Most of them don't in spite of whatever accusations are piled up against them. Like I was saying when we started, the last time we discussed this, um, you know, we all had hope. We all said, oh my God, uh, there's something very different about Zoom, about South Africa. A lot of you were saying, oh, perhaps it's because of the colonial um, um, interest in there, uh, because they had um, white people still in the country. And I remember as well that Zuma was back in prison, uh, one of the last episodes where we talked about this situation, you know. And, and some of you said, oh, South Africa is obviously different from the rest of Africa. There's rule of law there. You can't escape justice there. Now here we are. The prison's boss seems to have broken the rules to spring Zuma. Now that that has happened, do you still believe that? Do you still believe that there's rule of law there? Do you still believe that you can't escape justice there? Do you still believe that South Africa is obviously different from the rest of Africa? Do you still believe in South African exceptionalism on the continent? Do you think this is just an aberration or do you think it's a sign that South Africa's culture when it comes to rule of law and uh, equality under the law has the same problems as the cultures in other African countries? Talk to me. 0700-993-993-993. Women call me on 01465-7190. We've got WhatsApp. 080-959-75805. Again, men call me on 0700-993-993-993. Women call me on 01465-7190. We are streaming on Facebook. I say that because I'm going to be showing you some uh, videos during our second story so i recommend that you tune in and watch us live on facebook today so uh imano is in, is in through larry today imano how are you Sandra. thank you for calling uh, you know how to wound today <laughs> you <didn't>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the political crinkle crankle that has been developing Nigeria is not the same, it's not different from the one in South Africa. Africa, we are not, I don't think we are yet ready yet. We are still thinking with our nose. Uh, the, the last time when I, people were commenting, you know, Zuma went to prison, you know, Zuma went to prison. I was laughing, I was laughing in Chinese. Maybe he's out, he's out now, eh? hmm. he even go on to party tomorrow. 
Yeah, concerning the uh, 9-11, I didn't say anything special about it. Just, uh, it's just like some kind of history, historical perspective that people still remember what happened between the the Al-Qaeda, right? Al-Qaeda, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I wanted to hear you answer me. Mm? <laughs> Since I didn't answer you, bye-bye. Thank you for calling, Emmanuel. <laughs> like I said, we're streaming live on Facebook. Facebook is Nigeria Info 99.3. Hello, thank you for calling us. Ah, Sorry about that. Call back if you can. 99.3. Okay, that one's not there either. Let's take a listen to this person. Hello. I think we're having like technical issues. I don't understand what's happening. We've got Uche on the line. Uche, how are you? Hey, Sandra, my sister, I greet you. I greet you back. Welcome. Yes, so my name is Uche. Hmm. I'm uh, I'm calling from Ikeja. Welcome. Now, Sandra, when you talk about South Africa, hmm. And um, you mentioned Nigeria in the same sentence. I consider it an aberration. Okay. Now, in South Africa, a president was imprisoned. Even if it's for one day, he was imprisoned. The main fact that he went through the justice process, he was found guilty of a crime. He was sentenced. Except the state grants him state pardon. He's an ex-convict. That cannot happen in Nigeria. In Nigeria, as we speak, we know so many people. They've mentioned, uh, although they've not mentioned names categorically, but every now and then they make, you know, insinuations, they make allusions to some names that you and I can, you know, identify with. But nobody is uh, held responsible for any crime, even the ones that are glaring. So please, let's not mention South Africa and Nigeria in the same sentence. We are not on the same level. They've left us behind. And it's a shame. Because sometimes when I remember, when I look at South Africa, the days of apartheid, how they were sending their students to come and study here, mm. how we were giving them grants, loans and all that, financial assistance and all that. Mm. But today, look at us. All the major things that we enjoy here now are South Africa owned. It's a shame. So please, let nobody talk about South Africa and mention Nigeria. <laughs> a man was sentenced and sent to prison. He's an ex-convict. It can never happen in Nigeria. Thank you. Thank you, Uche, for calling us. Do you agree with Uche? Or do you think that um, uh, South Africa is not different from the rest of the African countries on the continent? Do you still believe in South African exceptionalism on the continent? Do you think that this thing, um, you know, that has happened is an aberration or do you think that um, it's a sign that South African culture when it comes to equality under the law for the rich and the poor the powerful and the not powerful um, you know is the same as the rest of Africa what's your reaction to Zuma's parole Paul in Ebeda is on the line hello Paul yeah Sandra good afternoon good afternoon welcome yeah Sandra I Totally agree with Uche. Okay. Yeah, Nigeria and South Africa has no comparison in in any way. In any way, both judiciary, both in terms of governance, both in terms of uh, obedience to the rule of law. There's no comparison. The Jacob Zuma is already an ex-convict. At least he was convicted of a crime jailed, even if it's 24 hours or 6 hours he stayed in prison. It has been written down that he committed a crime and was convicted. And that cannot happen in Nigeria. Perhaps the reason why it happened is because of the mixed race they have in South Africa. I want to believe that the white uh, lifestyle influenced the total uh, South African population. That is the reason why they are quite different. Look at the economy of Nigeria today. If you statistically look at it, it's being controlled, at least 35% of it, by South African fans. We are watching multi-choice today, uh, MTN, uh, ShopRite. Mention them. 
all our South African fans. So they are far above us, and we have to accept it. Then consigning a society, can a society survive in this 21st century uh, when women are not given their due position, right? Okay. Yeah, no country can survive. Let, let me tell you, hmm. as far as this time is concerned, the women are the best in managerial positions. I am telling you, I bet it with anybody. If you hand over the leadership of this country to a woman, I mean this country, Nigeria, our country, you will see that within six months, this country will change. <laughs> they are the best. They are standing. Look at World Bank. Look at IMF. Check all international organizations being headed by women, performing excellently well. So any country that is treating the women as a class, that country can never develop and can never meet up the 21st century civilization. That is my stake. Thank you. Thank you, Paul, for calling. We've got Kevin in Suruliwe on the line. Kevin, welcome. Yes, um, Sandra Ezekusili, how are you? I'm very well. Good to have you on the show. Yes. Um, what happened in South Africa is similar, not different from what is happening and what has been happening in the great United States of America. Mm. Look at Trump. All the atrocities he committed. Mm-hmm. Clearly, everybody saw it. He incited the people against the government. We all saw it. It was clear. Nothing was hidden there. Instead of, you know, inducting him, we saw Mick McConnell, the house leader, just saying, yes, he did it all, but um, we cannot inject him, let him go. We saw it, as it's, it's similar. Mm-hmm. Look at Nixon in the past. He accepted that he committed it. He said he did it, the Watergate scandal. It was obvious. But at the end of the day, he was pardoned. That is why I said, and I have argued, let Africa have their own form of democracy and leave this Western democracy by copying. It is not working for us. We must not copy everything. We have almost lost our identity as Africans. They've brought a lot of things to us. Our identity is almost taken away from us. Now they brought democracy. Look at Saudi Arabia. They have their own type of way they're participating in their and it's working for them. Somebody narrated a story for me how he left bag of money and he came back and made it there. Try it here now. The United Kingdom that even colonized us has their own constitutional monarchy they are practicing. Must we copy the American style of democracy? So let us have our own form. Africa should wake up. Portugami is championing this, the Rwanda president, and I'm excited about it. Let us have our own type of democracy that will work for us. If we don't do it, all these kind of shenanigans and maladies will be taking place. And for 9-11, it's, um, time went so fast. It was a very sad day for the world. It was a day that some of us that had people in New York, especially, were, were not very restless. Mm-hmm. We kept calling and trying to know what was happening. Mm-hmm. It was a very sad day for the world. We hope the world will not witness such a thing again. Do you think the world and has it, learned from it? In terms of what? Like, what lessons have the world learned from that day? Well, the lesson there is not to discard intelligence reports. <laughs> Three months before that attack took place, there was a report that was given to President Bush. He discarded it. He left that report. He did not attend to that report. That America was going to be attacked. He left that report unattended to. He thought it was a joke before they were hit. It was a bad hit because President Bush ignored that report. So that is the lesson the world should learn from it. We should not ignore intelligence reports. We should not take it lightly. Because even this Chibok case we are talking about, there was an issue that there was an intelligence report and the government already ignored it. And even when it happened, it took them three weeks to accept that it happened. So the world should learn to take intelligence reports seriously. That's the lesson the world should learn from it. Kevin, thank you so much for calling us. We appreciate it. If you just tune into the show, hello to you. Good afternoon. It's 24 minutes past three o'clock and we are taking a look at some of the biggest stories around the world. Uh, three of them, to be precise, today, Friday, because every Friday we, we do that on Hard Facts. And our first story is Jacob Zuma... Uh, being a free man again. 
he spent two months into his 15-month sentence and uh, got medical parole. He was granted medical parole and he's going to finish his sentence at home. I told you about the the controversy surrounding his release. Um, Zuma was in prison. He was ill. He underwent surgery. His lawyers took the matter to the medical uh, parole advisory board so that they could get early release. Medical parole advisory board said no this thing will it do you you know reach to release you you fit recover inside prison nine national controller of prisons for south africa say mbao grant the man uh, parole and now there's controversy about it in south africa some are saying it's a scandal some are saying it's corruption because prisons controller cannot or should not be able to overrule medical parole board especially when a medical reason they won't take news commute you from prison you know legal experts even believe that um you know they have room to appeal the parole that has been granted zuma and when you think about the fact that South Africa burned two months ago when this thing happened, when cities were burning as a result of um, the imprisonment of Zuma, uh, and now after two months, he's just released. People died. 267 people died. $1.7 billion in property damage because one man was imprisoned. And less than 70 days later, the man is free. What do you think about that? Especially if we, if you were one of those who called me when we talked about it at the time and you believed that uh, South Africa was exceptional, South Africa wasn't like other African countries. Seeing what you are seeing today, hearing what you are now, do you still believe that about South Africa? Do you still believe that there's rule of law there? Do you still believe that uh, you can't escape justice there? Do you still believe that they're obviously different from the rest of Africa? Because these were the sentiments that were shared on the show when we talked about it. I remember being very, very impressed that they imprisoned the president. Do you think this is an aberration? Do you think that this is, you know, just, oh, it's a one-off? Or do you think it's a sign that South Africa, when it comes to equality under the law, they're like, they're like the rest of us? The rest of the world, really, because Kevin gave us the example of Donald Trump and Nixon and all the things that they did in America and they seem to have gotten away with it. So is it just a human law that the rich and powerful get away with stuff? But again, I could also remind you of some other countries where presidents have actually gone to proper jail. Lots of other countries, actually, where presidents and rich people have gone to proper jail and spent time. Some are still in jail. So is it maybe an African and American problem? <laughs> what do you think? 99.3, hello. Sorry about that. Call me back. Women call me on 01465-7190. Men call me on 0700-993-993-993. Hello. Thank you for calling us. Good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon. What's your name? My name is Chris. I'm calling from Amor. Welcome, Chris. I sent a WhatsApp message and it's not delivering. And in that WhatsApp message, I said, Sandra, dear. So let me continue calling you, Sandra. My, my sincere apologies to your husband. <laughs> um, on the same page today, I'm saying hallelujah because there's one certain witcher from Ikeja that called. Um, I don't think you might not know him much. Um, he speaks with Sherry all the time. We are agreeing on the same thing for the first time since I started listening to Nigerian folks. <laughs> um, um, Zuma is an ex-convict. Ogono for one day, Koga jail. Even if it's for half a day, he's an ex-convict. And that is also good for us as a people. He sends a signal. In Nigeria, even magistrate courts cannot convict, cannot even bring a big man to stand trial. So we, we, we have to look it at that. On the Afghan and um, what's happening there with the women folk, hmm. truly the, the future of the world, apart from being female, I think um, we should give equal opportunities to everybody irrespective of gender. And in that way, everybody comes with their A-game and improves society. For every society that diminishes the strength of women, that diminishes the importance of women, it's just it's, it's to look really look at and blame themselves in the future. We've seen women do great things, given what they have. So more could be done, more, more women could do more if you bring them into the scheme of things in economics, in politics, and in leadership. Now, finally, on um, 20, um, September 11, mm -hmm. I think what we've learned, September 11 changed the way the world looks at things. 
you remember just recall that just immediately after that incident there was going to be there was going to be anthrax um um, it, it just changed security basically right. and I'm, I'm happy the world is better off for it um, drug Korean intelligence gathering improved and that changed the way the world was looking at things and I think the world has continued to improve since then thank you very much thank you so much for calling Chris let's go to WhatsApp now where we've got uh, Charles who says pigeon English sweet for your mouth thank you Sandra <laughs> alright Charles thank you for thanking me I guess uh, let's take a look at other messages on whatsapp this one's from well you didn't put your name you said you are clowns how can women leaders change the country are nigerian women from planet aquarium please start from wigs lessons from viola davis okay you didn't leave your name though but thank you for sending your message in uh onyeko haka from mushing says nigeria and south africa are not in the same category when it comes to rule of law all right uh we have um you didn't leave your name, but you say law is dynamic. Hence, she may temper justice with mercy. I have no problem with Zuma's release because of how he turned himself in when his supporters re- resisted his arrest. He's an ex-convict who cannot hold any public office. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Sandra, all African countries only have strong men instead of strong institutions. We have a long way to go. Imagine the two giants of Africa, uh, Nigeria and South Africa. Africa don't care to give good governance and at the same time leave my example. That is why we all depend on Western world to survive. Very shameful. That's a message from Obeta Joseph. Obeta Joseph, thank you very much for your message. All right, let's move to our second story. In our second story, women in Afghanistan are protesting against the Taliban. If you're watching on Facebook, I'm about to show you some videos. protests have been going on day after day for the last couple of weeks they're refusing to leave the streets even though the taliban are cracking down some of their members are being beat up during the uh, protests their members are beating up demonstrating women with whips with sticks in some cases they're being shot at uh, in a lot of the cases, the, the Taliban are shooting in the air, trying to disperse these women. And why are these women protesting? Well, first of all, they say their rights are being taken from them. So, for instance, their right to work. The Taliban have ordered all women to stay away from the workplace except for medical personnel. The Taliban say that this is because workplaces are currently unsafe due to all the fighting in the country. But the women are pointing out that 20 years ago, when the Taliban was last in power, they used the same safety excuse to stop women from working. And then there's the government. The Taliban just announced their cabinet and there are no women in their cabinet at all. There are also no women in any government office and that's not because of safety. The Taliban's official statement about women in government says, quote, what a woman does, she cannot do the work of a ministry. You put something on her neck that she cannot carry, end quote. So as you can imagine, Afghan women are not having it. That's why they are on the streets. We're not getting very clear reports of the protests anymore because now the Taliban fighters are beating them up, detaining journalists who try to cover it, beating up the journalists who try to cover it. 
But what we do know is that the Taliban's erasure of women is going beyond employment and protests. We know that all their billboards, all the advert boards, any mural showing women are being taken down or painted over or defaced. We're hearing reports that in some parts of the country, girls are being stopped from going to school. This is in spite of promises from the Taliban that they won't interfere with girl education like they did in the 90s. If you're watching on Facebook, you're seeing video after video after video of the protest. how you look at this thing there's a pattern in afghanistan right now where women's rights are being rolled back and again we see the women in afghanistan refusing to go home quietly they're resisting i'm saying this because when we talk about women's rights you often hear people say things like women should stand up and demand it nobody gives it to you power is not served a la carte you stand up and take it and i always say that it's not right to assume that women don't stand up and demand and my proof is here in Afghanistan. See these women refusing to back down. You see these women refusing to back down, even as they're getting beaten, even as they're being arrested, even as they're being shot. And they're saying there that women cannot be relegated. That's what they're saying in Arabic. If you're watching us uh, uh, live on Facebook, you're seeing the subtitles and you can read it for yourself. Can a society advance in the 21st century without guaranteeing women's rights? Let me put it a different way. Can a society that is genuinely serious about advancement accept that half its population should not have rights? I'm, I'm glad that Kevin mentioned Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is an oil-rich country, massive GDP. Historically, have also um, you know, ensured that their women have fewer rights than men. In fact, women have very few rights in public. But recently, Saudi Arabia has been relaxing its treatment of women. We recently saw women granted the right to drive cars, for example. Can you believe that? In 2021, or more. <laughs> or more. Or more. Can you believe that? So yeah, we finally saw women being granted the right to drive cars in Saudi Arabia. So they're starting from far, far behind. But we're seeing a sudden move to improve women's rights. Why are they doing that all of a sudden in Saudi Arabia? Because they want to move to a post-oil economy. They've been investing their oil revenues into growing other sectors of the economy, especially the services sector. So things like IT, professional services, science and technology. And the Saudi government has realized that if you want to grow in these 21st century sectors, you need to be part of the 21st century. You need to attract foreign direct investment. You need to attract the best workers, the best thinkers from other countries. You've seen how they are pushing Nigerian doctors, for example. So if you see that this is happening, as a government, you, see, you realize, okay, well, I want, to, I want uh, these people to bring their money to my country. I want them to come and live in my country. You need to make sure that they're comfortable. And one of the things that will make them comfortable is equal rights for women. Also, you don't want to tie one hand behind your back because women are half your population. That's half your productivity. So do you par par paralyze half your workforce because of religious reasons or do you let them work and grow so that your country can grow? Saudi Arabia is choosing little by little to let them grow. Afghanistan seems to be choosing once again to paralyze them. And I want to know your thoughts. Are the Taliban taking the correct steps by cracking down on women's rights and women's protests? 
Do you think a society can advance without acknowledging gender equality and giving women the same access to the economy as men? I say giving because women are doing their best to take. But sometimes there are things that you cannot take until the other side says, okay, take. I always give you the example of the American civil rights movement. Black people would have continued to bash their head against the wall um, for as long as they liked. But if the president at the time, Lyndon Johnson, JFK, before Lyndon had not said, okay, you know what, I'm going to give you this, it wouldn't have happened. Same for apartheid in South Africa. 0700-993-993-993-01465-7190. We've got WhatsApp as well. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. 080-959-75805. Hello. Thank you very much for calling us. Hello. Oh, we don't have that person there anymore. But we've got Alex, though, so let's talk to Alex. Hi, Alex. Yes. Sandra, hi. I'm hi. Yeah, I'm enjoying your show. Thank you. Thank God the, our line is back. I just want to point out a few things based on what you said, Sandra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, you see this, this thing about um, Jacob Zuma? Yeah. There may be strategic political reasons, right? But I think, I think that it's a situation where something like Lady Justice is not really blind. Right? Okay. How many people have been so sick in the system that were given this kind of reprieve? If if we want to if we want to have a legal system that works, it has to work for everybody. Okay. A legal system that does not work the same way for everybody will always lead to problems. That's why I say I know that there may be some strategic political reasons. But personally I have no regard whatsoever. For that release, I mean, for that uh, the current situation right now with the release of, of Zuma in South Africa. Okay. Now I've heard a few people say that let's domesticate sort of our or let's let's adapt our democracy to suit us. Sandra, I would like you to please take the extra effort to ask people like that. I said Kevin, I listen to him. Mm. Someone I respect a lot from, from his views. Mm-hmm. I would like you to ask them that. What do they mean? by let's fashion out our own. You know why I'm asking this? I'm saying this, Sandra. Why? It is because this thing that we call democracy here in Nigeria is because we have misdefined it. Okay. And we are using it to oppress the people. That's why it is not working. Otherwise, democracy is like physics. Physics is physics all over the world, even in Mars. Gravity is gravity. Do you understand me, um, um, Sandra? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the people shouldn't be saying this now, but let's, do, let's domesticate our own. It's because the thing that we call democracy here is a farce. It's a fraud. Do you, do you get me, Sandra? Okay. And for that issue of, of U.S., for that issue of U.S. that you asked that, is it since, um, it, well, is it a Nigerian thing, you know, mm-hmm. with the law and Donald Trump and all of that? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you the truth. Right. The United States does not come anywhere close to a good model when it comes to the justice system. Okay. I mean, I'm, I mean, among developed countries, developed nations, Fair. it's probably the most primitive. Fair. Let's just be clear about that. Thanks Fair. so much, Sandra. Thank you, Alex. Well, Alex makes a fair point. We've got Titilokpe in uh, Bega on the line. Uh, Titilokpe, welcome. Yeah. Sandra, good afternoon. How good are afternoon. You? I'm very well. Very so far. I say South Africa is more advanced than Nigeria. Okay. South Africa, democratically, is more civilized than Nigeria. Okay. South Africa, economically, is more industrialized than Nigeria. Fair. So by many factors, they are ahead of us. Okay. But the truth still remains that what is happening right now in South Africa has some political undertone, which, of course, may not necessarily push South Africa as absolutely independent in terms of judiciary executive relationship, which you cannot compare to even a smaller country besides South Africa, like Malawi. Malawi is absolutely independent. They have absolutely independent judiciary from the executive. Mm. The same thing similar to Kenya. So I would not say that, but because Jacob Zuma was imprisoned, because of contempt of law, mm-hmm. then South Africa is advanced. No, South Africa is still backward as well. Take off 
take away the, the beautiful Johannesburg and uh, Peculiar, whatever. Mm. What you see is the same thing you see in northern Nigeria, southern Nigeria. That's everywhere. And you saw what happened the other day. So what is actually playing out, in, in my own opinion, mm-hmm. at least it's just 50% civil war in the ANC and maybe 50%, I mean, uh, uh, judiciary, whatever. So for me, I don't see it as absolute independence of the judiciary. If you get somebody, somebody who has spent just barely a month in the prison and you gave him a parole, why? What about other people? Look at what happened, even in the case of Oscar Pistorius, you remember, mm-hmm. there were some biases and there were even protests against the judgment and the ruling. Mm. You get it now. So mm. I'm not going to say that there is, you know, justice system that is much, much superb mm. in South Africa. I'm not going to say that. Okay. But they are better than Nigeria, however you want to look at it. Titi Lokbe, thank you so much for calling us. Tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. That's our third story. 20 years ago tomorrow, Al-Qaeda sleeper agents hijacked four planes in the United States and crashed three of them into civilian and government targets. The two towers of the World Trade Center in New York uh, and the Pentagon, the U.S. Defense Department headquarters. I wish I had videos uh, to show you at the moment, but I don't even think you'd... I, I mean, I don't even think Facebook would let us show those videos. But yeah, the fourth plane never reached their target uh, because brave passengers fought the terrorists for control and crashed it prematurely rather than let another um, site be hit. At the time... 9-11 was uh, predicted to become a history-altering, world-changing event. Compared to the fall of the Soviet Union or World War II. And now, 20 years later, I want us to decide whether, so far, this prediction has proven true. Because 9-11 changed a lot of things. First of all, it directly launched one war and indirectly launched another. The U.S. invaded Afghanistan to get Osama bin Laden and the rest of al-Qaeda's leadership. And then they also invaded Iraq. Public support for that war was higher because of 9-11, even though Saddam Hussein had nothing to do with the attack. The war in Iraq led to an insurgency which turned ISIS into a global force. Through ISIS and in the training grounds of Afghanistan and Iraq, a new generation of jihadists and terrorists were forged and they took war with them to their home countries, including in some cases, Nigeria. And then there's the security. Airplane travel has never been the same since 9-11. Gone are the days when you could pass through the metal detectors without taking off your shoes and your belt. Gone are the days when you could fly with liquids in your hand luggage. Those, all those things that happen now because of 9-11. Those are all post-9-11 changes to try and prevent passengers boarding with different types of weapons and explosives. And then there's also 9-11's effects on geopolitics. Before 9-11, America seemed to be moving towards improved relations with Iran and containment of North Korea. Then post 9-11, President George W. Bush took on a more hawkish foreign policy. I say hawkish because he famously called Iran, Iraq and North Korea an axis of evil. Some analysts think that his attitude, his change of attitude enabled the rise of, uh, uh, what was it, was it, what's that thing called now? Uh, uh, hold on, let me try and pronounce it correctly. Ahmadinejad. I hope I corrected, I, I pronounced it correctly. In Iran anyways. Some people also believe that that's what uh, led to uh, North Korea going nuclear. The invasion of Iraq damaged U.S. goodwill, and some people believe that that's what allowed Russia and China to become legitimate rivals for world leadership. And these are just some of what 9-11 may have caused. I wonder what, what else you think that it caused. 
First of all, do you even remember the attacks themselves? Where were you when that that attack happened? Most people were in Nigeria, but you probably had um, cable TV and you watched it on cable. But where were you? Were you abroad at the time? Were you in New York, by chance? Were you in a different country in the US? Were you in school there? Do you remember the global response to these attacks? What do you think about how 9-11 has shaped the last 20 years? Women call me on 01465-7190. Men call me on 0700-993-993-993. Hello, thank you for calling us. Yeah, Sandra, yeah. Yes. Welcome to Lequay Park. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. On 9-11, mm-hmm. for me, the greatest lesson is that America cannot have its cake and eat it. Okay. That is not going to be possible. You cannot go to another country with all your military equipment, hoping that they're going to give those people what they don't even like or what they are not prepared to have. For instance, all the money they've spent there, billions and billions and billions of dollars, what has happened at the end of the day? So that is why they had the watch, but the Taliban got the time. And that is why the Taliban is back now. But I think it would be better if America uses more diplomacy like Biden is trying to do now. And I would have even wanted him to go the way, you know, I mean, uh, the last president now, Donald Trump was going. If he had used Qatar, I mean, negotiators and went the way he was going, maybe this would not have happened. But the Taliban saw him and they saw the naivety, and the same thing happened when he was even vice president to Barack Obama, then in Iraq 2014, which brought about I. So I think the Democrats have problems in managing issues, although most of these issues, they created them, and uh, just like what happened in Libya as well. So they should look at a better way of engaging wars and other people, not just believe that they have the power to do whatever. That's just my own opinion for now. Thank you very much. Titi Lokba, thank you very much for calling. John Joseph says, societies that oppress women will not thrive. There will be problems when you exclude women from vital positions and from getting equal opportunities that uh, that they deserve. Any man that disregards a woman is not wise. John Joseph with that message. Alaba Alakpe says, uh, Sandra, didn't you know African leaders are the most powerful leaders in the whole world? It is only in Africa that leaders will steal millions and go scot-free. Sandra, it's only in South Africa that laws work. It's only a country that respects its laws. Look, assuming we have 70% of countries in Africa that do what South Africa does, Africans too would have gone far in every positive thing that makes life meaningful. South Africa is really indeed exceptional among African countries, including my own Nigeria. Alabalakwe from Sabo Ijewu. Thank you very much for your message. 99.3, hello. Hello. Thank you for calling. Hey, good afternoon, Sister Sandra. Good afternoon, sir. What's your name? Oh, no. What happened there? 99.3. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Good evening, Auntie Sandra. Good evening. Turn your radio off. What's your name, sir? Please, Tobichuku. Call me from Ecology. Welcome, Tobichuku. Hey, I want to talk on the Afghanistan issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. You see, the Taliban is asking women to go and rest. So you, I think it's a good thing. You know why? Why? Because even if they are allowed to work, they will only be exploiting their labor. The women will be exploited because the women folk, they are the most exploited in the world. Am I right or wrong? Okay. Uh, so that one shouldn't be a big issue. The women should go and rest. I allow the men to provide for them since they have said that they shouldn't work. And as for 9-11 there, America should stop loading it over other countries because they have this the tendency of this imperialistic move. When they go, they bring imperialism and they'll be playing the victim's card. They should stop that. To me, if I am to say, I'll say it serves them right. Thank you. All right. Tobechuku, thank you very much.
course, of course he's Tobijuku. We've got uh, messages on WhatsApp, so let's take a look at some of them. Um, I remember that day, 9-11. I had just started my first job after university. My colleague said New York has been bombed. I felt, how can New York be bombed? As I was on my way to the train station, I said I saw loads of people in the pub, so I joined in and I saw what happened. Adeola is in London. Adeola, thank you very much for your message. Uh, Sandra, number one, the Jacob Zuma saga. Before colonization, uh, what was Africa like in self-rulership? We must get what works for us. The system is faulty. If not, the controller of prison will not overrule the medical board. If my memory serves me right, their constitution and laws have not been changed from what was used during the apartheid era. Post 9-11 era, the experience is a reminder of what we are facing back here in Nigeria. Many security reports are still under attended to and just waiting to happen. That's Archbishop Roberts from Ikurudu, Lagos with that message. Thank you very much. Uh, Sandra, any country that does not recognize women will not grow. That's a message from uh, Suraju Olubio. Suraju also says South Africa is far ahead of Nigeria. Adeshino Ayatoyimbo says South Africa is far ahead of Nigeria virtually in everything called governance and political administration. Sandra, somebody said we are copying the U.S. democracy. Is what we do in our politics here democracy in any reasonable sense? If we practice this U.S. democracy style as it should be, we would prosper more as a country. And any country that runs only or only or more with men's wing in its governance would never thrive. Additional, thank you for your message. All right, let's see who else we have here. Mm, Sandra, there's no way an ex-president will be sent to jail and it will not cause issues because while in power, he had supporters who will still be loyal regardless. On 9-11, the world has learned that the real enemies are within and terrorist ideology is a global issue that should be dealt with. That's David there with that message. David, thank you very much. We've got Taufik who says 9-11 was a great tragedy. I quite agree with you. Okweka Inde from Ijegun says, I don't believe any ruling or judgment that comes from Africa, especially the one of Jacob Zuma. It's high time Africa jettisons ourselves from the UN. Most policies we borrow, UN are not productive in Africa. Nelson Mandela once said the world will not respect Africa if Nigeria doesn't get it right. I'm not sure I understand that message, but I thank you for sending it in. Um, Alex says, Sandra, tell people like Tobichuku that it's, it is not just a case of the men wanting to take care of the women. It is a repressive regime that sees to it that women do not even get an education. That means keeping half of its population in total darkness. Alex, thank you very much for sending that message in. Um, I think I think we're just going to move on right to our final, final um good stuff on the show right let's give you a chance to win some money shall we shall we do that okay let's do that let's take a quick break then come back and do that that wasn't the break i expected <laughs> but okay that's my cue to give you your money huh so let's see who is going to be oh unfortunately Sean called us and Sean is a first time caller and Sean has been on the line for for a long time i'm not sure he's still there though um but yeah it's time for me to to give you money that's the part i enjoy i love giving you money huh okay all right 99.3 hello Hello. 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 What's your name? My name is Ada. Ada, good to have you on the show. Are you ready to play just a minute? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Your time starts. Uh, starts. Starts. Starts now. Um, this is just a minute. Which state had the highest number of new COVID infections yesterday? Rivers. Which state had the second highest number of new COVID?